0: This is the Best Run Podcast, brought to you by SAP. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of the Best Run Podcast, brought to you by SAP. Today, I have two very special guests with me. I have Kate Moonen, who's the Head of Marketing and Digital Experience for Veolia in AZ, And we also have Steve Bennett. Steve is the Head of Growth and Strategy for Employee Experience from Qualtrics. Welcome, both of you. Thanks, O'Shank. lovely to be here.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic to be here, Shanka. Thank you.
0: So what I might do is just ask you guys to give a bit of an intro before we kick in, because we want to talk a little bit about Veolia, the business challenges that Viola experienced during COVID and um, how you've enhanced the employee experience, because I know that's something that's dear to a lot of organizations' hearts, you know, how to keep the employees close
2: in a, in a time like this. Kate, why don't you kick off and
0: tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure.
2: Thanks, Roshenka. So my name is Kate Moonen. And um, as you've mentioned, I look after the marketing and digital experience function for Veolia in Australia and New Zealand. My background's been sort of predominantly in the customer marketing space, uh, focused on creating, I guess, personalised experiences for customers to drive loyalty and also sales. And um, part of my role here actually includes looking after our voice of customer program and Recently, I was asked to be part of the uh, COVID-19 response team for Viola ANZ when things kicked off last year. And the job of that team really was to make sure that our people received timely and kind of consistent information through the pandemic. And we also wanted to make sure we kept tabs on the well-being of our people during that time because it was obviously really a you know a challenging time, particularly for our frontline workers who were. Out, out and about. Steve, how about
1: yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Steve Bennett and I lead a, a team of employee experience experts uh, for, at Qualtrics. And um, in particular, we we do the remit of Asia Pacific and Japan. And so we specialize in really helping and guiding organizations to optimize their employee experience program at every point of that employee journey. And so actually today, I'm really looking forward to hearing from Kate speak about The last year and what what they've seen um, and what we've seen has been pretty much an unprecedented year for uh, employee experience programs and so it's going to be exciting to hear about what that's about and also just to hear how companies and also how Viola's responded to that change and I know from our own research here at Qualtrics we know the drivers of employee engagement have completely shifted significantly across the globe during this time this just really means that our listening programs have to continue to grow and transform and we need to act on the the feedback that our employees are giving us and so it's absolutely critical especially when we start to think about the future of work and i know i'm getting ahead of myself here but certainly the future of work and where we're going next is going to be really important so you know the viola is a great example of a company using these insights to design and improve their employee experience and i Kate, you're going to have plenty of learnings for us all today and advice for our listeners.
0: Yeah, so Viola is is a brand you see everywhere. I mean, I I must see at least two trucks a day on the road. Um, Mm -hmm. But, Kate, can you give us a bit of background about what you guys do and how large the organisation is today?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right. We probably are most well-known for our, our waste management side of the business, so we do do commercial waste collection, manage landfills um, and support sort of organics treatment facilities around the country. But we also have um, probably lesser well known. We have a water business uh, which helps both municipal customers and also our industrial customers kind of provide safe drinking water. And we also have an energy business as well, um, which comes in and helps businesses essentially become carbon neutral by helping them, you know, use more renewable energy sources or perhaps redesigning the way the the energy works in their facility. And really our mission as an organisation, we're we're global, as I mentioned. So in Australia and New Zealand, we've got 4,000 employees and about 182,000 worldwide, so so quite big. But really our mission is to drive ecological transformation. And, And what I mean by that is... We're here to sort of help our customers renew and replenish our natural resources. And really we want to create a world where humans can continue to thrive and there's human progress, but where that doesn't come at the expense of the environment. So a big, big job, um, but a really great time to, to be working, you know, in a company like Veolia, given, you know, the conversations around the environment and sustainability, which are just so critical at the moment.
0: Love that mission. I think that's something that um, we're seeing a lot more of, certainly from an SAP perspective. Sustainability is something that is, is quite a hot topic.
2: So what's a typical customer of Veolia, would you say, Kate? In the in the waste space, we probably most of our customers are commercial. What we'd call commercial waste customers, so they may be local cafes or small businesses, but they might also be, you know, large fast food chains or um, uh, centre management groups as well that we sort of manage waste collection for. In in the water space, we sort of work with a number of what we call municipal water customers. So these are water authorities that are essentially responsible for the drinking water and wastewater treatment in different municipalities across the country. Uh, So we tend to operate their their water treatment plants or wastewater treatment plants. We kind of specialise in that that operation and maintenance space. And then in the um, sort of energy and industrial space, we have a really broad range of customers. So they could be you know, industrial customers that have big sort of resource operations and we're helping them treat the water in their facility or maybe we're helping them with industrial cleaning services or we're helping them sort of um, more sustainably manage their the output of their operations. So, yeah, quite quite a broad range, anything from your local myron par shop to, you know, quite large um, multinational corporations. So it's an interesting interesting space for a marketer because we we have to be across so many different industry verticals and and customer types.
0: Yeah and with that range of customers that must mean you have quite a a large business challenges to overcome. So can you just talk through some of what those are and how technology has played a role to meet the needs of your business?
2: I think, yeah, probably one of our biggest challenges, particularly during the pandemic that we've talked about, was, um, you know, we do have such a diverse workforce and they are literally all over the country. So I've had the the lucky pleasure of travelling all the way out to Newman in WA, which is just such a remote a depot where we, we operate and so you know we've got employees working there we've got others that are based in in major cities or metro areas so really diverse and and then you've got anyone from you know your, your truck drivers or your machine operators through to engineers through to your lawyers through to uh you know sustainability experts so a very diverse workspace and I think in terms of, you know, technology, that's really been critical in helping us kind of meet and reach all of those different employee types because, um, you know, they all have different work schedules and different ways of, of operating that we've had to kind of adjust to. And technology's definitely helped in that sense.
0: So, Steve, you must see um, a lot of diverse workforces in with what your team does. Can you sort of explain sort of what you've seen in terms of how technology have helped them as well?
1: Yeah, I think that that challenge of a diverse workforce that Kate's just highlighted is is very common across a number of organizations. And typically we would have seen organizations uh, dealing with the remoteness of their locations like Kate explained. But during the pandemic, we saw a lot of organizations having to uh, move their workforce into their own homes. And so just like what Kate was suggesting, driving from one location to another is quite a significant journey. Imagine having to drive to everybody's homes and having a conversation. And so technology was an absolute critical uh, need for a lot of organisations to be able to reach out and have conversations with their employees and collect that feedback. And that was absolutely critical, especially during those fast-moving days in the early part of the pandemic, because to have that regular two-way communication between the employer and employee was absolutely critical And so it was really important that you could collect that data either weekly or even in some cases, we heard a lot of customers were collecting it on a daily basis because they just wanted to be able to ensure there was a great communication channel that was opened up through the platform to allow people to just understand the needs and what was happening during that time.
0: And Kate, what were you doing before in Beolia in terms of employee sentiment measurement?
2: So before um, the pandemic, I guess we would do, we would sort of measure sentiment annually we'd have an or biannually sometimes an engagement survey and that was typically at the same time each year and it was a little bit challenging sort of getting engagement from some of the operational areas in that we'd have to you know a lot of them for instance didn't didn't have computers or or didn't work off a laptop so you know having someone or a laptop physically available in the depot where people could sit down and, and sort of fill out that engagement survey which was reasonably lengthy, was was quite a big ask. So through the pandemic, we actually had to adapt because we had to reach those employees faster. We had to take, you know, quicker pulse checks and be able to reach them individually. So we started relying more on, we did quite a big process around actually collecting mobile phone information from employees so that we can actually start to communicate via SMS and that has actually flowed through into our day-to-day operations now. So we're now able to kind of, in a more agile way, quickly, you know, take the pulse of our employees and also send other content to them, for instance, video messages from the CEO or from their leaders um, that they can quickly just watch on their phone as opposed to having to wait till they get back to the depot, sit in front of a computer or until they get home and so on. So I think, yeah, we've really been lucky that we've been able to adapt in that way. And people are the, the feedback's been really positive. I think people are feeling pleased and and much more in the loop uh, because of that personalised experience we're now offering.
0: And uh, what sorts of teams were involved in
2: planning the rollout of of your new employee feedback digital platform? So we, I mentioned earlier the, the COVID response team that I, that I was part of. So that team really worked together and, and made a decision that we needed a way to kind of get quickly out to employees. Um, so together, and we were a cross-functional team, by the way, so we had representatives from HR and safety, communications, legal, procurement, operations. So it was a very agile team and together we would kind of work to um devise the, the surveys um, that we'd send out to employees. And and we all agreed that the Qualtrics platform was an ideal platform to kind of do that because we could do that um, both via SMS and and via email to reach as many employees as possible. So, we, yeah, we really worked together and we'd already been using that platform for our customer experience um, survey. So it was just a great natural extension to be able to extend that to our people as well. Was there anything surprising or, or what did you actually learn from the rollout
0: of the new feedback system?
2: Yeah, what, what surprised me most was the level of engagement, <clears throat> excuse me, with the surveys that we actually got. So um, you do wonder sometimes about people that are perhaps, you know, out, out on the field or in operational areas or even working at home, you do sort of wonder what the engagement or the uptake would be like. But we consistently had, you know, really excellent response rates to our, our range of pulse surveys that we issued. And I think that that probably surprised me the most because I wasn't expecting that level of engagement. But I think obviously people felt they wanted to take the opportunity to be heard. And the important thing for us as a team that we all agreed was that we had to show we were receiving and acting on the feedback and communicating that feedback back to the broader business Um, so we would often share in our regular communications what what came out of that that latest pulse and then what we're going to do about that Um, I think that was really critical in maintaining that level of engagement because if you're asking people for their time I think it's really critical that you're demonstrating you're actually going to do something with with the feedback they provide
0: So, Kate, I think that's a really good point um, that you bring up because um, that's certainly something that we've done in SAP as well, incorporated that that, um, feedback loop. And in our surveys, we actually ask, you know, uh, uh, how did your manager respond last time to the feedback that you gave? So uh, I see that as a really important learning system for the manager as well, and I I use it extensively. Steve, did you want to make a comment on that?
1: I I couldn't agree more, and I love how, Kate, you're really focusing and, and reminding everybody around that if we're going to go and collect feedback, we need to actually go and act on it and do something with it. And this is kind of really important because a lot of organisations, or maybe it's, it's a big realisation as they're going through their journey is that it's not just a collection part. There's also we need to act on the data that we collect and also then we need to really drive those actions and invest in our people from the feedback that they've given us. And that's really critical we saw that during the pandemic and an increase of actions as they were um, driving over the last you know, 12 months, that was really important, that management got on board with it. And so, you know, this is one of those really critical learnings when you think about as we're looking forward into the future of work and where we're actually driving the next stages going out of the post pandemic stage, we still wanna be able to collect those feedback and we wanna be able to act off that feedback at the same velocity And speed. And the only way we can really do that is through a digital listening platform that allows you to scale those listening programs and the feedback and then the actions on top of that. And so that's why we're seeing uh, encouragingly, you know, the XM platform that companies are using, like Viola, using us to roll out during this period, can really capture that information and actually drive the success of returning people back to work or back to whatever this new world of work looks like. And that's going to be really important to so of get their feedback on what they want around that. So we're certainly seeing a significant increase in people trying to work out how to solve this problem going forward.
0: And Steve, did you just want to comment further about how Caltrix actually supported YOLI and what they wanted to achieve with their EX initiative?
1: Yeah, we sure can. Like, so one thing we did and we found that was really important during that first stage of, of um, COVID when everybody went working remote or the essential workers had to change the way they did things is we put together a working remote pulse, which was absolutely critical um, for companies to just to be able to turn key and start up and get going. And I think Kate, I might, might be misquoted here, but I think it was about 30 minutes it took the company to take that, transform it and then get at least the first cut out to your people to start collecting data and that's really critical, that that speed and the ability to be rapid around that. And so with the Qualtrics solutions, we we're able to provide that ability to capture and, and rapidly collect that information in real time and get those insights driving through it. And so Viola used our listening platform and, and the dashboards to be able to get the information out to the managers as well. And this was something that was really critical that we saw across a number of different organizations that had that same critical problem. To how do we actually listen to our people on scale? How do we get the information very fast back to them? And I love that Veolia um, really captured it through using the SMS technology. And then we're advancing that through that by using it also as a communication tool uh, to, to get out information, not just bringing back and collecting information through that. So that was really important. And it's it's for me, I think at the end of the day, the ability to collect and monitor your sediment and the... And what's happening with people around their, their feelings about going back to the office is really critical. And that's the next step of the journey that a lot of organizations are starting to work on right now.
0: And Kate, did you find some particular insights
2: um, from the initial data that you saw?
1: Yeah. You know, just to
2: talk on Steve's point about the the template and the the pulse, remote working pulse that um Cortex had developed, we absolutely leveraged that. And yeah, it did enable us to get up really quickly. Um, but we I guess augmented that as well with other things that we wanted to know. I mean, we really wanted to understand that our people, particularly those that were kind of essential workers as, as they were known, were feeling supported, but also some really practical things like did they feel they had the enough PPE and safety equipment to, you know, to do their job safely? Was there any Concerns from a mental health or you know well-being perspective that might impact their ability to actually deliver these essential services, and for those working remotely, you know how how were they finding that newly adapted working environment? Again, did they have all the tools they needed to to feel supported and to work productively at home? Um, did they have the equipment that they needed and so on? So those insights really helped our team you know, formulate a plan of attack on A, what we're going to communicate, but more importantly, B, what what changes we needed to make and what things we needed to action in order to, to continue to support our people.
0: Now, Steve, you're obviously across a number of different businesses. So you would have seen the positive impacts of those who did roll out employee experience as a priority during the pandemic. Do you want to comment on that?
1: Yeah, sure. I, th- I think that's one of the, the great things is we do get to see across a number of different organisations. And in particular, If we look at um, Australia and New Zealand, we saw some significant increases in employee engagement and intent to stay over the last 12 months. So if you just think about that for a moment, why would we see this big dry or this increase in engagement? That's because we had great companies like Viola, Viola that reached out to their employees, not just collect the data, but then act on it. And so that made a significant shift in creating a, what we'd call a, or refer to as a culture of engagement. I know here, when we look at the in ANZ, there's been a number of businesses running employee listening programs. And we've seen that increase from about 68, uh, 66% of organizations to about 73% over the last year. And yet what we also found in some of the data that we've got is that in that same period, the volume of employees saying that their employers acting on that feedback has pretty much dropped from 31% down to 19%. And I think that's where we're talking about, Kate was referring to where she'd put together, you know, a a, am using the word squad, sorry, Kate, where you put a team together around, let's go and act on what's going on with this information and act rapidly. And that's where I think a few organizations did get caught out where they started to collect the information in the first, like in that first three months of the pandemic, they were really acting on the feedback and then that started to drop off. Um, As they were thinking about, we're getting into a bit of normality. And so they didn't think the intensity still needed to be there. And so that's why we started to get the feedback. Hey, people aren't acting on this feedback anymore. And so it's critical for businesses to address that gap because we see through our research that employees acting on feedback well increases engagement, well-being, and and overall intent to stay. So that that reason why people want to stay also increases at the same time.
0: Yeah, and we touched on this a little bit, but employee wellbeing obviously rose to the fore during COVID. And now, Kate, you just didn't do this employee experience pulsing. You also did some other initiatives as well, right, to to
2: understand employee wellbeing. Do you want to talk through those? I mean, a lot of it actually came as a result of the feedback but we did implement. I mean, communication, I guess, was key at this time because things were just moving so quickly, state by state. Um, you know, regulations were changing every day. At one point, I think we were meeting three or four times a week. um, And obviously that, that dropped off throughout the course of the year as things stabilised. But when things were moving so quickly, we just had to find ways to really get that information out quickly. So um, as an example, you know, one of, the, one of the pieces of feedback that came out quite early on was that people really wanted to hear more from our senior leaders and, you know, the executive team, and they wanted them to kind of come out and reassure them and keep them updated. So we actually ran a number of live webinars, which we hadn't tried, interestingly enough, before the pandemic on a, on a regular basis, and they were really just uh, open to everyone. They were pretty short, you know, 20, 30 minutes, Q&A with the CEO or a Q&A with the senior leader of a line of business, but that's water, waste or energy. And we really got great engagement from that. And then the other thing that we did, obviously not everyone in our workforce would have been able to sit down and, and join in a webinar um, just because of the nature of their work. So we also issued a number of uh, short video messages by SMS, Again, they were just a couple of minutes long, but it might be a, um, a senior leader from a particular business line with a short message for their people. And we got them to kind of personalize that as well. So it wasn't all necessarily about work. You know, they some of them actually shared quite personal stories about, you know, their, their lives outside of work and how that had to adapt or change or you know, the challenges they're facing in their personal life as a result of, of the changes to uh, the working environment. And so I guess it acknowledged, um, the leaders actually acknowledged that they were a whole person and, and they were willing, a lot of them, which I really respected to kind of share some of that personal information with the business, which, again, I think really helped, you know, drive engagement and helped drive that understanding that we were all in this together you know the the big cliche but we were all struggling in some way and and so to kind of help people not feel alone I think that that went a really long way.
0: Steve you must see a number of um, trends um, that have come out of COVID in terms of employee experience can you please run us through some of what you're seeing?
1: Roshanka this is a really important question because we've seen some significant changes the biggest shift we've seen is a change in what's driving employee engagement. After this last year, four of the top five drivers of engagement in ANZ alone had changed, creating a sense of belonging emerged as the top of the list, followed by helping individuals meet their career goals and pride in their company effort to have a positive impact on the world and having confidence in their senior leadership, which last year, was not number four, it was the top of the list that dropped to number four with the last one being the process, the ability to process or enable productivity in new ways. And that was an addition to, to what we saw in the first round of the top five. But further, this demonstrated the change in employee engagement drivers, that recognition for good work and opportunity for learning and development, which actually ranked second and third last year, dropped to sixth. And 13th, respectively. So there was a big shift in what was driving engagement and what's currently driving engagement right now. And so belonging is a really important shift that I want to call out, as it has a significant impact on well being. And with three quarters, 74% of employees who experienced a sense of belonging rated their well being favorably compared to 20% of those who did not. Now it goes back to what we were saying earlier in this discussion is that employee experience is the sum of the parts which heightens the need to be a listening across the employee life cycle, the whole entire employee life cycle when I think about it. While the more traditional drivers of confidence in leadership and manager effectiveness are still important for engagement, the, this report and our latest research really highlights how important it is for employees to have a workplace where they feel that they can be authentic and in fact authentic in themselves this shift highlights the critical need for leaders to understand how emerging trends are reshaping the workplace and what they could do when they uh, to respond to these different things so i think it's really important that we can expect employee drivers sorry engagement drivers to continue to change again this year as people return to the office or adapt to this hybrid environment where they'll be working from home and at work, we should expect to see some more changes happening, which means absolutely, we need to be listening, understanding and acting on the feedback. This will be absolutely critical, especially when we're continuing to design and improve our employee experiences as we roll into this now new future of work.
0: Thanks very much, Steve. Just to wrap up, Kate, I'd just like to get a final uh, thought from you. So what advice would you pass on to other businesses who are looking at how to measure and improve their employee sentiment?
2: I think the first thing would be, you know, don't don't overthink it. Sometimes actually getting something out there quickly that's going to help you measure your employee pulse is better, you know, than taking months to come up with something that, you know, maybe by the time it's out there, things have moved on anyway. So I think be agile in your thinking and, and yeah, not overthink that. That's probably the first thing, and then again, you know, um, we've talked both Steve and I about this quite a bit. But make sure you do act on the feedback. Be really explicit about what your employees have told you, and what you're doing about it. And and be honest. You know, sometimes you won't always have as a business the immediate solution to a challenge or something that's come out of those um those that feedback. But at least I think people appreciate the transparency. Um, and and to know that you're listening, I think that's really critical
1: as well. I think there's three things Qualtrics highlights to organizations looking at ways to design and improve their employee experience. The first one I'd call out is the focus on understanding employee wellbeing and what you need to do to improve it. Wellbeing is a core metric of engagement models and will remain a major focus as we continue to navigate the disruption of this year. The second one I'd be thinking about is taking action on the feedback. As I discussed and we discussed earlier, asking for feedback is not acting. And it's we need to take that next step. You know, we need to be asking for the feedback in the first place and then really acting on it. We need to close that gap, and that needs to be a priority in 2021. And finally, manager effectiveness. Managers play a huge role in helping with engagement, well-being, and resilience. It's critical managers are equipped with the skills, support, and tools to improve employee experience for their teams, especially when we're now moving into a hybrid work model.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much, Kate, for joining us. And thank you, Steve.
1: No problem. Thanks for and Steve.
0: Pleasure.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: So just before we go, um, everyone, just remember that the Best Run Awards uh, submissions are now open. So you just need to Google Best Run Awards uh, for SAP and they'll pop up and make sure that you submit your entry as clean as possible. And thank you very much for joining us and you've been listening to the Best Run Podcast brought to you by SAP. You've been listening to the Best Run Podcast brought to you by SAP.